This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. What is going on, good people? You are watching the Fantasy Football Show and everything about this show, news, uh, bold predictions. We're going to break down a lot of stuff. Begins in 1 minute and 15 seconds. I do want to thank every one of you for helping grow this channel. And, and I'm so pumped about what's in store for us in 2022. We're going to take Monday through Friday by storm. Uh, we're live every single Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you tell everybody you know because we're taking over. We've got an A-Rod uh, to Tennessee potential uh, scandal brewing, NFL scandals. Shouldn't call the A-Rod thing a scandal necessarily, but A-Rod buying home, buying a home in Tennessee. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, Brian Flores stuff, you know, we got to talk about that. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, Kenny, first in the building. Shout out to you, pal. Appreciate you being here. Tyreek, what's up? Good buddy. I'm feeling a little better. Smitty was under the weather yesterday. I had to call uh, the, the show pretty short, but I came in. I did work. I showed up for work. I showed up for work and then exited out the back door, but we're back. We're doing it live. It's Thursday and we got a lot to break down. A lot to break down. The fantasy football show begins now. And now for the news. We do have a lot of news on our screen. A lot. A lot to talk about relating to the NFL, relating to Brian Flores, re relating to the Giants, the, the Broncos, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Cam Akers, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, you name it. But I, I think we should start off with uh, this, this NFL scandal that's like making waves everywhere. Look, there's a lot to unpack. And, and the God's honest truth, you guys come to me for one reason. I'm going to give you my honest take and my honest opinion on this stuff as it comes in. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pander to anybody's, you know, normalcy or whatever. There's a lot of bad stuff going on. Okay. A lot of bad stuff. Some of it, we don't know for sure that there's a whole lot of like, uh, uh, facts behind it. Some of it looks awful. Like it's a combination of it. I, I think for people to assume every single report about this is, is true and facts. I think that's. That's a blind way to look at this. You know, there, there's unfortunately going to be a lot of, of true and untrue things going on. And we'll start off with uh, this Bill Belichick text message, which ignited pretty much everything that we're talking about right now. But Coach Bill Belichick reportedly thought he was texting uh, Dable and talking about him getting the Giants job. And he said, sounds, this is my Bill Belichick voice. I'll use the megaphone. Bill Belichick says to Brian Flores, Bill Belichick, BB, up top. See this? This is Brian Flores' text message. And, he, and Bill Belichick sending him the messages on the left, saying, thinking he's talking to Dable. And he goes, sounds like you've landed. Let me talk like Bill. Sounds like, sounds like you've landed. Congrats. And then uh, Brian Flores Bill thinks supposedly there's some theories that Bill did this on purpose because Bill's so good at details. Bill plans everything uh, to a T. Uh, so Flores responds to Bill Belichick, who we believe thinks is talking to Dable. And Brian Flores says, did you hear something I didn't hear? And Bill Belichick says, Giants. <laughs> Flores replies, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Bill. Got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But reading this text, I feel like I could I could I could picture Bill saying it. It sounds just like this. Got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York that you are their guy. Hope it works out if you want it to. <laughs> hey Bill, you also let you know, Bill, you won the lottery. Okay. Like he, so monotone. You can tell Bill Belichick you won the lottery. Okay. Bill Belichick, your car's on fire. Okay. <laughs> it's 
just a monotone guy. So then, then, then uh, Flores responds, that's definitely what I want, and I hope you're right, Coach. Thank you. Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. <laughs> and then Bill either planned all this, which is what a lot of people think. A lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people. Uh, so starting, and then there's this, this, this side on the left. Sorry, I effed up. I effed this up. <laughs> Which makes me feel like this is real. I don't think Bill planned this. I think Bill really screwed it. Like, if anybody... I know Bill's meticulous with details. And I know Bill Belichick is... He plans everything. He doesn't make mistakes, right? But imagine this guy holding a cell phone. Okay? I can picture it. I can picture Bill Belichick trying to operate a smartphone device. And I don't know what I'm looking at here. <laughs> Sorry, I effed this up. <laughs> I double checked and I misread the text. I I think they are naming Dable. I'm sorry about that. Double B. <laughs> and then Flores. Flores. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> thanks for ruining my day, Bill. Thanks for thanks for blowing this entire thing up. Now some say Bill planned it. To blow it all up. Some say Bill accidentally thought when he saw Brian got the job. He Like if you read that. If you read that. It says right here. I misread the text. So he double checked and he misread the text. Not necessarily saying he misread the name of who he was sending the text to. Almost like he's saying he misread the text of who got the job. And now he's coming back saying he effed it up. Now, that could play into, like, Bill planned this, pretending he heard the wrong information, was congratulating him, and then realized, oh, I'm sorry, it's not you. But some think that he just was texting the wrong person. There's all kinds of theories. You make the determination for yourself, but it all blows up. But here, here's where I'm going to say, pump the brakes a little bit on assuming every single piece of this entire equation is all correct. Okay. That's where Smitty comes to you with truth. I'm not trying to say that this isn't a problem. I'm not trying to say that the NFL doesn't look horrible. I'm not trying to say that there isn't horrible things going on in the NFL. There is absolutely, and there needs to be wide, massive change uh, swept over this NFL. And a lot of it points to this man, Goodell. Like, maybe we need a clean, fresh start. Maybe Goodell doesn't need to be the head of the NFL the face of the NFL anymore. We might need a fresh look at everything because this NFL looks awful right now. It looks awful and there's there's a lot of truth to what's going on. But I'm just warning people to be cautious about taking every one of these potentially tied together situations and saying guilty, they're guilty, they're guilty, this is what's going on. Because there's a lot of other information that's coming out and you got to digest it all before we start pointing fingers and saying the Giants did this for sure. The, the Denver Broncos did this for sure. Like Mr. Belichick, this is from the Giants. Mr. Belichick does not speak for and has no affiliation with the Giants, which is true. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it, in, a, in a way, I'm not saying the Giants are innocent here at all. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... It is an unfair position to be in when Bill Belichick is breaking news for your organization because he doesn't know how to use a cell phone. So let, let's, and we don't know what's going on. So Bill Belichick does not speak for us and has no affiliation with the Giants. Mr. Belichick's text exchange provides no insight into what actually transpired during the head coaching search. Um, so th there are some people saying that, that, interviews took place here before this or after this there's all kinds of timeline stuff being ironed out and, and, and brought to light right now so we need to figure out what's really going on with this situation before we 100% say the Giants did this wrong you know that's that's my point there's a lot coming to light and there's a lot that needs to change but we need to not convict these teams all these teams of these accusations that everybody's blanketly throwing out right now until we have more facts and information that's all i'm saying um but there, this does not look good at a grand scale for the nfl uh chris mortensen reports the nfl will investigate specific allegations that brian flores has been made that brian florence uh brian flores made concerning the dolphins owner 
um, offering $100,000 per loss in incentives for 2019. That's going to be probably the biggest thing that comes down on the NFL that makes the NFL look absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Um, it's going to it's gonna get messy. Um, a lot of things are going to get handed down. Like punishment needs to be handed down. This is bad. I mean, this, this, this disrupts the integrity of the NFL. There, there, there's this betting that goes on. There are people putting their hard-earned money on the line. And if there's things being, you know, and a lot of people say, this is awful. I can't believe this. And then other people say this happens all the time. And other people say this happens in other sports. Like, you really believe this is the first time it's happening? Like, nothing can change. There's different opinions and stances all over the place. Uh, so I want I want to make sure everybody just understands that there's a lot of layers to this, is, is my point. Um, Elway reporting this. Now, here, here's an example. Like, let me just tell you, okay? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say there isn't truth to some of the claims or anything, but this is one of those things where I feel like when bad news is breaking, everybody's blaming everybody and and not giving the benefit of the doubt to any other parties. Like in this situation, Broncos executive John Elway released a statement Thursday calling the claims that he appeared disheveled and hung over at the 2019 interview with Brian Flores false and defamatory. Look, I'm going to say this right now, and this may not sit well with some of you because I am 100% in support of making change and making sure stuff doesn't happen that shouldn't be happening um, in the NFL. But this claim, and I listened to the interview by Brian Flores, and I listened to the interview, and it wasn't, the, the things he was saying was like, they, they looked like they showed up and they weren't like taking the, the interview too seriously or something. Like, there's a lot of assumptions, a lot of connecting dots. Let's. I don't think this Denver situation should be being brought in um, like it is and being tied to this entire thing. Like, they're, they're part of this huge, big conspiracy uh, of, of massive racism in, in the NFL in regards to hiring when they literally show up and I, I believe the the reports and the flights and, and all the stuff that Elway's trying to back up, you know, fa- backing up with facts that they flew in at 2 a.m., had the interview at 7 a.m., they were totally tired. And when I listened to the interview, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of evidence at all that something crazy was going on at this Denver level, the Denver Broncos situation. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Make sure you're not tying everything together and just assuming every single team is guilty of this. You know what I mean? Um, that, that part seemed kind of crazy to me. Um, I hope Flores takes one of them out. Flores, look, Flores has a huge, huge case here. Like this, this is bad. The NFL, the NFL has, 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 they're in trouble. They're in trouble. And the the biggest the biggest thing we got to look at, I think, the the Denver situation. I don't really see I don't really see it as that big of a, this specific situation. I'm not saying in general the Denver situation. That doesn't. I'm looking at the facts on that. And it doesn't. There's nothing to be. There's no conclusion you can draw from that. Okay. They made a hire. You have one person's perspective that they didn't seem interested while they're interviewing you. That's a perspective. Like I'm, I'm, I'm removing the Denver situation from all of these as, as being a, a huge problem. That specific scenario, that interview, the fact that they looked like they were tired or disheveled, um, th- that part I'm, I'm gonna not necessarily include. This this Miami Dol- this Miami Dolphins situation is horrible, horrible to to offer an individual one hundred thousand dollars per loss is is just a a travesty. Like th- th- what what that does for the integrity of the league is I can't even put into words, you know. And 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 there's a lot of people saying there needs to be white coaches. That come out and speak about this too, to see if there are any 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 of these offers heading in the direction of a white coach. Because now you have another issue of discrimination, which I feel like is, is something that needs to be looked into. If this is only happening with a black coach, that is a problem. Like there are so many problems at play here. There are so many problems at play here. The Miami situation is awful. The Cleveland Browns situation is going to be awful. There's another scenario 
where Hugh Jackson was either offered or accepted. We don't really know based on the, the, the reports out there. Some reports are saying Hugh Jackson accepted money for losses and he had, what, 31 at three wins and 31 losses or something. And people are saying that, that that's a payday right there. But I don't know. I had Hugh Jackson on my show and, and I really liked the guy. Even though we disagreed tremendously on that that Cincinnati Bengal thing, which I feel pretty vindicated on, Hugh. Hugh, you came on here. You told me it was a tall order for what happened to happen and it happened. I told you, Hugh, the Bengals winning the division. Jamar Chase was the answer. This team was going to be what they are, what they are who we thought they were. Even though that whole interview was a little strange with the, the Cincinnati Bengals stuff, I will admit. I went back and watched it. I'm like, what's he arguing with me about? <laughs> but I, I like Hugh. He seems like a really good dude. He's really well liked. He's got his hands on a lot of charities. And there's a lot of reports that Hugh accepted the money because of the verbiage of what he said and how he said it. But then Hugh, there's an inter- interview where Hugh tried to break it down and clarify. And he said that he wasn't exactly given money to lose, but he was given incentives based on numbers and he's very vague about it numbers at the end of the year and the percentages and then he and then they'd be asked again well what do you mean were you specifically paid to lose he's like not i didn't know at the time i didn't understand it is what he said i didn't understand it so it's like i'm it's very vague as to what really happened with hugh but here's another situation where you have another black coach told to lose games so the only two scenarios we have right in front of us are that two black coaches were told here be our scapegoat lose will pay you to lose lose will pay you to lose and so that's a problem that needs to be looked into the nfl it, it, are they the only two coaches that were that were offered i mean we know they're not the only co- two coaches probably ever offered money but recently we got to find that out there's a lot of stuff that's going to be dug into nfl looks bad i just want to make sure that just because a, a, a claim comes up, even with Flores himself, who everybody seems to love and, and, and believe his story, and I'm not saying anybody shouldn't, but just because he said Denver did this or he felt it was unfair that Denver looked hungover during the interview when they were flying at 2 a.m., like that, that part is what I'm saying be careful of. Not every sing, single thing here is going to be a problem, but there are a lot of problems at hand. A lot of problems at hand. This is, I mean, this is awful. This is awful. Um, give it five years and there'll be at least 12 black coaches in the league. Flores just seems mad. Everyone doesn't think he's a good a coach as he thinks he does. That's what 49ers saying. Smitty, can you do a kickflip with the sleeper board? What does that mean? I don't know what that means, Jacob. Cold take you. Look, I again I like you based on my conversations with you. I, I I think some of the people are taking his words and they're 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 twisting them a little and they're and they're saying that he accepted money for losses. I don't know. I don't know I don't know. I don't know. I, I listened to Hugh's interview and, and I'm a little bit I'm I admit I'm a little bit biased to like wanting to believe him because you know I, I had him on my show and I appreciate the guy in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm not sure the way he worded it was very vague. So I'm not sure what he's trying to say. Did he accept money? He's saying at the time he didn't understand it. <laughs> he's saying he didn't understand it, but at the end there were percent, like if you listen to the interview with, I think it was on ESPN, you listen to the interview, it was like at the end there were per- these percentages. They didn't make sense, you know, and then they give me an extension before I, I, I win three games, or was it three games? And then my extension sitting there that no one knows about, like behind closed doors, essentially, is what the way I took it, my interpretation of it. And so he was trying to like say like he was rewarded if the percentages at the end looked about like they did. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not sure what he's saying. I'm not sure what he's saying. But reports, Roto World had it yesterday where it said, and, and I don't know that this is accurate. Where is that at? I don't know if this is accurate, but it was like, uh, let me see if I can find it. I I can't find it off the top of my head, but it says something like Hugh Jackson accepted payments too. 
and then he's getting on board of this this class action or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to hear it from Hugh's mouth. Maybe I don't think he'll come on and talk about it, but maybe I'll try and reach out to him and see if he can clarify. Because I don't want people saying this about Hugh if Hugh didn't accept money. Like, did Hugh accept it or did he not? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say he did, even though there are reports. Roto World NBC Sports specifically said Hugh Jackson accepted money. Uh, let me see if I can find this this clip. Because it's coming from Roto World. It's not coming from me. I believe it's right here. So this is from NBC Sports Edge, which is, you know, Roto World converted into NBC Sports Edge. Former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson implied on Twitter that Browns owner paid him to lose games. So, again, I don't know if that's being misinterpreted based on what Hugh said, but Hugh's stuff was very confusing. Um, that's, I mean, that's that, guys. I mean, I, w- I wish there was more to report on it. There isn't. Um, we have more to come on the Denver situation, more to come on the New York Giants situation. Very, 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 I, I, I say be very careful to point fingers at both organizations and, and consider them completely guilty of any wrongdoing yet until more facts come out because it isn't fair to say, hey, a guy didn't like that he wasn't hired. As much as I, lo- as much as I respect Brian Flores, as much as I appreciate what he's doing, look, Brian Flores may never get a job again. He may never get another coaching job again. All it takes is one team to have the courage to give him a job. But he may never get a job again because he's trying to stand up for something. And I appreciate that. Everybody here should appreciate what he's doing. But just because he's doing something great doesn't mean every single word out of his mouth is going to be um, you know, accurate in terms of the situation. And his perspective was the Giants didn't hire me. The 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 Denver Broncos didn't hire me. Um and it's because I'm kind of feeling like there is something going on because they look disheveled coming into my interview. You know, I, I remember an interview one time where a guy had his feet up on the desk when I was a young kid, 20-something years, early 20s, right out of college, right out of college. Dude had his feet on his desk, laptop on his on his lap. He's typing away on an email, wasn't listening to a word I said. <laughs> it happens. It happens in the real world, baby. <laughs> no, there there are people that interview strangely, and there's some times where interviews are at inopportune times. I'm just saying it happens. I got the job, by the way. <laughs> Dude wasn't paying attention to anything I said. It's one of my first jobs I had out of college. Dude was disheveled. <laughs> may have been, he may have actually been hungover. He may have actually still been drunk, to be honest. Jimmy Garoppolo in the news here. Jimmy G. uh, Beat writer Cam Inman speculates that the price for Jimmy Garoppolo in trade could be a day two draft pick. And there's been people saying he's worth the first round or give me a break. Jimmy G is not worth the first round pick. Jimmy G is not worth the first round pick. Um, He's not worth a, a second round pick potentially. I think you might get a third rounder. It is a very desperate running back market, though, and there are plenty of teams in need of a quarterback. They may overpay. There could be a situation where where Jimmy G goes for like a conditional third that turns into a second or something like that. Um, here's another scenario, though, that, that a lot of people don't think to be true. I mean, he could get cut. There might not be a team out there that, that it, they might want him. The quarterback market is definitely dry, and there are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. But many of those teams that want Jimmy and need a quarterback might not want to spend $27 million, even though that contract can be ne- renegotiated. You don't know that. So... On top of that, Jimmy G might actually, and people don't understand this, people that, that just come straight in and, 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 and suggest that they they have some, I don't know, insight on the situation when they really don't, is like, he wouldn't want to release, Smitty. Why would he want to release? Because when, you were at your fi- when you're at your final contract, like this is the, the last deal Jimmy G's really going to get, unless he's getting like these one-year deals or whatever. You want to be somewhere where you could have longevity, where you can max out your contract. 
what good's going going to a team on a one year deal when you can go to a team where you you think you can succeed, sign a three year deal, and hit the whole three years? So Jimmy G may potentially want to be released because the trading partners are not partners he wants to be involved in. And if the right deal can't be struck, he might request a release. And that's not a knock on him. That is literally for his advantage. And on top of that, I don't believe, I don't know if he still has a no trade clause in his contract. He had one last year, but I don't know if it's still active or it's active to a certain time frame. But he might be able to say no to that, release me. But I think the team would release him versus trading him to a destination he doesn't want that's like a fourth round pick or a third round pick. Like I think the team will do him that way. They 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 will want a third round pick. They want something. They don't want to necessarily release him for nothing, but I think they owe it to him. And I think that that, that cost that they're not getting rid of such a big high draft, you know, capital by saying no, we'll release him. Um, also depends on the cap hit. I don't know the exact cap hit of releasing him versus trading him. Um, but but Jimmy G may not want to actually be traded to the wrong trading partner. We'll see what happens. But uh, t- some people say Pittsburgh. I hope not. I hope not. I hope he goes to Tennessee. Or I'm sorry. I hope he goes to, uh, to not Tennessee, uh, to uh, Houston. Because there's no real fantasy football starters there that can be impacted or hampered by Jimmy G. So give them to Houston. Uh, Houston's, Houston's, Houston would trade for him. They're the kind of team that would trade for him. So real talk, Smitty, would you like to happen with Jimmy G? Houston. That way he doesn't impact anything. I don't want him in Pittsburgh. He'd be okay in Pittsburgh. He'd be okay in Pittsburgh. And I'm not like super tied to Deontay and Claypool. I like Fryermuth a lot. He might he might connect with Fryermuth a little bit. Um, it would it, if he could stay healthy. It certainly would be a better upgrade than um, you know to, to the to the to the passing attack than than an injured Big Ben and depleting Big Ben. But ultimately, I don't I don't like it because I think he gets hurt. I'd rather have Tyler Huntley in Pittsburgh than Jimmy G. I want Tyler Huntley in Pittsburgh. I want I want Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh, and I especially and most of all want Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh. Those are the the quarterbacks I want in Pittsburgh because of what it does for Najee Harris. I think Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh would make Deontay Johnson a top five to ten wide receiver right out of the gate, which would be great. It make Claypool a star and make Fryermuth a star. But what I'm mostly worried about, even though I think those are good, you know, things to keep to keep an eye on and to hope for, I want Najee Harris to be a superstar. I want Najee Harris to get the touchdown production he would get under an Aaron Rodgers led team in offense. I mean, talk about, you know, amazing. That would be amazing. Wilson would be good. Tyler Huntley would be good. Tyler Huntley could steal some of Najee's touchdowns, so it would be the least ideal of the three. But in terms of getting a good offense, one that can move the chains down the field and get in the red zone often and to get Najee in good positions, have good yards per carry, Tyler Huntley is the third option, but still way better than the rest of the options. So it goes Aaron Rodgers. It goes uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, Deshaun Watson, of course, but right now we don't know what Deshaun is going to be in the picture. And then it goes Tyler Huntley. Um Last, but still higher than the rest because of the touchdown vulturing potential. Um, so Jimmy G, that's that. We already talked about it. Brian Flores in ex- extensive detail. That situation is going to get ironed out here shortly. Um, well, not ironed out, but like come to... It's, it's going to be... The the spotlight's going to be turned on heavy. Heavy and high and, and, and bright on the situation here shortly. Like, the NFL is going to look into it, but people are going to start poking around. It's going to get worse. Especially if emails start getting released. Like, let's be honest. As much as John Gruden made his own bed, okay? Let's let's not defend John Gruden, because that would be stupid. But let's defend the right thing to do is to not release one man's emails, to know other emails exist, and then let other people get away with doing the same thing. You know, like if there, if this is a problem amongst ownership and coaches and, and GMs and there's a wide known issue, this is why we're where we're at right now with the Brian Flores situation is things get buried and then everybody just tucks it away, pats the, the dirt on top and moves on 
All I'm saying is if John Gruden's going to get hit, other coaches that, that deserve to get hit are going to get hit too. Those emails are going to come. We're, we're, this spotlight got turned on, and other spotlights are going to start getting turned on all over the place, and, and, and these, 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 uh, these things won't have anywhere to hide. You know, is what I'm thinking. Jalen Hurts, this this Eagle team is doing everything it can. Everything it can to ruin this man. I I might I might save this for the rant segment. I might save this for the rant segment. But he had surgery on his ankle. I'm gonna save the Jalen Hurts for the rant segment, which is next. Cam Akers' shoulder was sidelined for Wednesday and Thursday's practice. Akers banged up his shoulder in the first half of the NFC Championship game but played through uh, the questionable tag. He could require pain-killing injections, but he will almost certainly be out there against the Bengals in 10 days' time. Akers has been extremely inefficient, uh, had an extremely inefficient postseason, averaging 2.8 yards per carry on 54 uh, totes of the rock. Though he has at least been physical, Sony Michelle did get more involved in the conference title game. 14.5 feels like a reasonable over-under for Akers Super Bowl carries. Yeah, it sounds about right. 12 to 15 carries I think Akers will probably get. But look, here's the thing. You know, there's going to be two There's going to be two sides to this Cam Akers thing walking into 2022. You either believe in him or you don't. There's not going to be a lot of people in the middle. I have been one that's been very, very critical of Cam Akers. I've been one that does not feel he's going to be worth his draft value and draft capital on fantasy football draft day. There are too many red flags with Cam Akers. He's an injury-prone player. He's injury-prone. And every single person that says that I'm off base on that, like you can say, you know what, I still like him. I get that. That's that's cool. I, I That's a good stance. But don't tell me he's not injury-prone, okay? Don't... He was my he was my number two avoid player for that specific reason. He tore his Achilles tendon. He's now been banged up already with a shoulder injury and runs an extremely high. Not and and, and stop saying he's not gonna potentially be prone to a, a leg injury. The numbers are there. There th- these are facts that I'm telling you. There's a high percentage, a high high percentage, and I'll even find the the actual number. Um of lower body injury relating to a, an Achilles return because you're out there firing when it's still kind of healing and getting you know on point like his Achilles tendon there's there's no way zero chance that is 100% recovered like and you don't even know you don't even know when, when it's going to be 100% because you can't test out game time and game-like scenarios in, in rehab and on practice. You're talking about full explosion, players hitting you with pads. They don't even hit as hard in practice. Like You cannot compare or find scenarios to test out the Achilles. And he's, he tried to come back in the fifth month of recovery, and he came back inside the sixth month of recovery. And he's playing on this thing. And the, the, the off-kilter... Off and out of alignment type of, of, of setup for his body right now, trying to recover from this, worry about he's fumbling twice because he's probably so worried about his Achilles tendon and how that's feeling when somebody's coming near his leg, he's moving the ball away. There's so many innate instincts you move when you when you have something you're worried about on the field. If you come back and you're not trusting your knee from an ACL tear or you're not trusting your Achilles, you're focused on so many other things. Ball security. There's a reason he had two fumbles. That was the reason. That was part of the reason he had the two fumbles. And he's not ready. Reckless. Reckless. Injury concern. Why is he going in round three in mock drafts right now? Why is he going at the end of round two sometimes in mock drafts? It's reckless to draft him there. It's as reckless to draft him there as it is him coming back from an Achilles tear within six months of tearing it. It's just there's no need for it. If you want a long career, why are you doing this? It's ridiculous. Champs doesn't think he'll ever be the same. Sonny says, I feel like Acre stats were watered down from the game against the Bucks. They had a huge lead and we're trying to force the game. That's I mean there, that was a good defense, so it is it is partially true. Najee should 
be a fade due to the amount of touches he had this year. Not nah, Ball's life. I, I get where you're coming from, but I'm gonna say I don't agree. But it's okay. It's a good. I mean, it's a it's a legit stance, bro. But I think because he was a rookie, he can he can endure that. But I mean, it is a concern. He did get fed a lot. It is. It's not something to like ignore, you know. But I I think I think uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be all in on Najee. But you never know how these things affect players, you know. You don't. We don't always hear about did he suffer some kind of injury. Um, is he going to walk into 2022 trying not to have surgery on a meniscus tear? Like, we don't even, we're not told anything anymore. We're not told anything anymore, which is garbage. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna put him at two or three overall. Like, like if Javante got Aaron Rodgers, let's say, Javante could move to two. I could see that. I could definitely, I could definitely see that. Jamar Chase is in my three to five overall, which got shotted on like mad about a month ago when I did a who are my top five overall players for 2022 redraft and dynasty and Jamar Chase was in my top five that got shotted on constantly constantly and now I don't think people would even balk at that Jamar Chase number five okay like people were upset at that in that video my own people coming at me during that video but I'm going to say stay away from Cam Akers in 2022. Anywhere near his ADP. Anywhere near it. It is so ridiculously high. And now it's time for the Aaron Rodgers rant, baby. Time for a Smitty rant. Aaron Rodgers buying a home in Tennessee. But I thought he's returning to Green Bay, Smitty. No, no. Now, I don't know that this necessarily means he's going to Tennessee, but dude buys a home in Tennessee. People are all over the place on this right now. He's going to Tennessee. A lot of moving parts for trade, and we don't necessarily know that it would be a Tennessee situation, but he's on the move. He's clearly detaching himself from this Green Bay situation, which is what I get from it. I don't get a whole Tennessee vibe yet. Yet It could happen. It could happen. But I don't get a Tennessee vibe yet. What I get is a vibe of a man that's deucing. He says deuce. He takes his shirt off, throws it into the Green Bay crowd, and says, I'm out of here, and walks off into the tunnel because he's done in Green Bay. And I've got a lot of receipts on this one. From a lot of other fantasy pages and analysts that have come at me saying, you're wrong, he's coming back to Green Bay. So I've got a hot chip challenge with one dude. A lot of people are going to lose some side bets on this Green Bay return for Aaron Rodgers. The writing's been on the wall. He goes on the Pat McAfee show all the time and says things that are underhanded toward the organization and that he would... He likes playing with his teammates, but when asked, what about Green Bay? And there's grins going on. They already know the answer to the question. There's grins going on. Do you like playing in Green Bay? And bottom line is he laughs every time and says, I like playing with my teammates. He doesn't want to play in Green Bay. Let it go. He's gone. Aaron Rodgers is as good as gone from Green Bay. Let's stop talking about how he's going to return and Adams, we don't know what's going to happen with Adams. Adams could get tagged. Adams could get tagged. There's a very good chance they tag Adams. They'd be smart to tag Adams. You'd be dumb not to tag Adams. But this is a team that could be in rebuild mode, which is what Aaron Rodgers has been saying he wants no part of. And Green Bay comes back and says, "Now nah, we're not in rebuild mode. We're just going to build around Jordan Love. We're, gonna, we're not in rebuild mode. We're not building out of rebuild. We're building out of love, baby. We're building out of love. We're going to build this thing from the love the love up <laughs> it's out of Jordan Love, who isn't a thing. Jordan Love's not a thing. I promise you he's not a thing. I've seen him play football. Quarterbacks is what I know probably best. And Jordan Love is not a thing. I can tell you that right now. He's not a thing like Trey Lance is a thing. Trey Lance top five potential quarterback in 2022. At me all you want. At me all you want. I've got all kinds of content on that. But Aaron Rodgers... 
is gone. He's nowhere to be found. If you're sitting in, in Green Bay looking for him. And Brett Favre said the other day he thinks he's going to return to Green Bay. That's fine. That's fine. I, I, don't, I don't think Brett Favre has any insight into this situation than anybody else. He doesn't know what's going on in Aaron Rodgers' mind. And I bet you anything, he doesn't even know who Pat McAfee is, where this man is on every Tuesday to talk about things like this. And people that haven't watched his reaction and watched him, how, how he responds when he's asked about Green Bay, what he says about the organization, how they treat him, how they've treated him for over a decade, how he's not a part of any kind of personnel. You know, if, I, if I'm in charge of personnel in Green Bay, let's say they, they hand me Smitty. Here you go. Thank you. Here's the here's the keys and the, the playbook and your personnel, man. You are head of all personnel decisions. There you go. Good luck. And I'm in Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? Hey, A-Rod, every Monday and Friday, let's have a cup of coffee. Sit down. Let me pick your brain. What do you think we need? What do you want? What can I provide you to get us a championship? But you know what A-Rod gets? Nothing. He gets Randall Cobb who we didn't even know was going to play football ever again. He gets him. Hey, you want Randall Cobb? We can we can hook you up, Aaron Rodgers. We can give you Randall Cobb, but that's about it. This man has got nothing but Randall Cobb over the last decade, a decade and a half. This man wants to be involved. This man has ideas. He said, I've had ideas of how to change this, or and they don't even care. They're not interested. He literally finds out, probably after you do, some of you have this feed. I'm watching football half the time in Arizona, and I'm always five seconds behind anybody in a live chat. I don't understand why Arizona's fed these games, every single game, red zone, on, on national TV, wherever it is. I'm always five seconds behind everybody when I'm streaming in an environment where I can read a chat. People ruin it for me. Touchdown! Five seconds later, touchdown. I bet you Aaron Rodgers found out that Jordan Love was being drafted after about half of the country because the only way this man found out was watching his TV. This man had to find out that the Packers wanted to potentially move on and shove him aside while watching television. Like you and I. Probably on a five second delay. Probably found out later than you did. This man Aaron Rodgers deserves more respect than that. That's why he's going. You can't repair this. With a Randall Cobb signing. You can't repair this with a, a pinky swear. We'll do better next year, A-Rod, in your last and final attempt. This man has watched Tom Brady become the GOAT. It probably frustrates him. It probably drives him. He's tired of having one championship to his name when Tom Brady's filling up all, all ten fingers with all kinds of accolades. This man wants more. This man wants to go somewhere, win a championship, and say, I won two championships with two different teams, and I told you Green Bay was holding me back. Whether he's right or wrong, you know he left this Green Bay game against the Rams. You know, or sorry, the Niners. You know he left this Niners game saying to himself, I was held back. I was held back. I wasn't given the proper support. I didn't have the weapons I needed. I'm throwing third and double coverage to, to Devontae Adams downfield, which... A lot of people blame on A-Rod, but I'm trying to tell you, get in A-Rod's mind because the only thing that matters is what A-Rod thinks. The only thing that matters is what A-Rod thinks and wants. So it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, but you know he's thinking to himself that I only have Adams, that's it. He's over there somewhere. Let me throw it up. That's how he feels. He doesn't want to feel that way anymore. And he put up a last dance photo with Devontae Adams on Instagram on their stories, they they did it at the same time. They synced it up. It said, last dance, let's do one more run. They've already announced this was their last dance. Adams could get tagged. If he doesn't get tagged, if Green Bay says, we want to build, we want to rebuild, even though we said we don't want to rebuild, we really do want to rebuild. They've been wanting to rebuild for years when they drafted Jordan Love instead of talking to A-Rod and finding out what A-Rod wanted. They drafted. They've been rebuilding the moment they drafted. A, they drafted Jordan Love, and and left Aaron Rodgers in a position where he felt unwanted. They've been rebuilding ever since. And so, with the money tied up to Aaron Jones, I don't know that they want to necessarily tag Adams, 
there's a shot Adams gets to go where he wants to go. Maybe Adams goes wherever A-Rod goes. Maybe they both show up in... I mean, they could both show up in Denver. They could both show up in in a, a Colts uniform. We don't know. We don't know. But I do know that Aaron Rodgers probably will be traded to the AFC. I think Denver is probably the the, the odds-on favorite. And you know Elway's going to overpay. You know the Broncos will overpay because they've been searching for a quarterback for years. They're probably willing to overpay at this point. An AFC team willing to overpay... Leaves Aaron Rodgers going out of conference. Tom Brady retires. I've talked about this before. It's it's Trey Lance, Kyler Murray. And then, you know, Stafford, you could talk about Stafford and the Rams. Like, you know, they're there. Stop disrespecting him, Smitty. They might just win the Super Bowl. But Stafford, in terms of a fantasy quarterback, he's, he's 6 to 10, you know, 6 to 12. He could float around in there. AFC, Josh Allen, Mahomes. Joe Burrow, Herbert, Aaron Rodgers goes from the NFC to the AFC. Aaron Rodgers, potentially, the top five quarterbacks in the league are in the AFC. That means Kyler and Trey. And you could say Daxon, you know, hanging on to that tier. You could say Russell Wilson potentially hanging on to that tier if he even stays in Seattle. Because if he leaves, you really have a depleted NFC in terms of quarterbacks. You have Kyler and Trey, Stafford, Dak, that's the NFC. Kyler and Trey, in my opinion, will run the NFC. Run it. If A-Rod's elsewhere. A-Rod's leaving. Enough said. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. He'll punch you in the throat. It is voicemail time good and beautiful people let's drop them right now and i will hit them here's our first voice message from kenny hey smitty it's kenny am i crazy to like pits at the turn in dynasty are you crazy to like pits at the turn in dynasty i wouldn't say you're crazy but I would definitely say that that is a, a tall order for this man um, to uh, to earn that kind of value. Like you're, you're uh, hold on one second, let me leave this message. Are you able to come on the show potentially tonight? I got a guy from EA Sports potentially coming on the, the quad box show that we might do tonight to see if uh, he'll talk about Debo Samuel and a, a couple other players that have a really low Madden rating. And we want to find out from his connections at EA, how the process goes, why players haven't been upgraded, why maybe Debo didn't get a mid-season bump, um, and so that was me leaving a message for him. So hopefully he's able to come on the Quad Box Show tonight and talk about the, the Madden rankings. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's a lot to ask out of out of Kyle Pitts to be a turn first, second round dynasty guy, third, fourth round, like. In that range, I, I like him more around that, that bottom of the third, top of the fourth, or maybe top of the third. I could get behind Pitts at top of the third, but it's still a lot to ask of him. You're putting yourself in a bad spot if this guy doesn't deliver. A real bad spot. Hey, what's up, mate? It's Trey. What's your thoughts on the new Washington name, the Washington Commanders? It's pretty funny, eh? What do you think? It's it's the best name of the remaining names that they were deciding between. The Red Wolves was number one, Tariq. The Red Wolves was number one. I think most people feel that way. They did independent fan voting, and the fans spoke. They said, we want the Red Wolves. Um, but they they went away from that. I don't know why. Was it copyright reasons? Were they afraid it was going to offend somebody? I don't know. Who knows anymore? Everything offends everybody in today's world. Uh, but But apparently... They chose the Commanders. It's better than the Armada or the Senators or whatever. So Commanders is a strong name. It wasn't the strongest name. Um, but I still have my Halloween. If anybody's wondering what this stuff is, I still have my Halloween stuff in the corner here. I've yet to put it away. That's <laughs> a little creepy. I'm sure you guys are wondering why Why it looks like there's a body <laughs> in the background. Smitty's got a body! Arm fell. 
<laughs> um, yeah, so command. I like commanders. Commanders isn't bad. Presidents was funny. Like to have all these presidents walking around like huge hands, big energy, and look, 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 we're the best team in the world. You know, this is a brock. Have all these presidents walking around mascots everywhere, all over the stadium. Sleepy Joe wandering the field randomly. It would be great. And you can make, and I'm, that's an equal opportunity. I'm making fun of all presidents there. I don't want anybody thinking I'm being political here. I'm making fun of, of big hand, big hands. He's got big hands, big energy. I'm making fun of all sides of this. Okay. So nobody get all upset because I made fun of one president and not the other. I made fun of both of them. I made fun of both sides. Gotta stay so correct. <laughs> Gotta be on, on point. What's up? Lang. How do you feel about Kyle Pitts walking in the next season? I understand the talents there, but the problem is on this Falcons offense, I don't think Matt Ryan is nearly the answer anymore. And man, he should be getting targeting targeted, I'm sorry, a lot more than what he does. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I think we got to keep in mind that, that Pitts had one of the better rookie tight end seasons we've ever seen. Know what I mean? The problem is, Lang, you had an expectation like everybody, and you weren't, you, you're you not alone, that this guy was going to be like a, a wide receiver one. And he wasn't. He was a an amazing, amazing tight end, rookie tight end. Ama- like, he had a Jeremy Shockey-esque season. One of the best tight end seasons ever. So put it in perspective there and realize he's doing it already. He's doing it already. People just expected way too much. Um, so, but, but I don't think people should expect Kelsey right now, maybe in a year or two. And I do worry about the quarterback situation long term. I think that team could dip a little bit, but this dude, this dude is a great player. What's up, Smitty? I have a question for you. What do you think about the new name of the Washington uh, football team to the Washington Commanders? Yep, so already hit that. Ryan, appreciate you asking the question. Strong name. Hey, Smitty, if the Buffalo running back room stays the same, where do you see Devin Singletary going into 2022? I know he was pretty much a ghost all of last year, but then the last five or six weeks, he was a borderline RB1. So where do you see him in 2022? Um, I, I think I think he's got good upside. He didn't average good yards per carry, though. He had touchdowns, massive amounts of touchdowns. He had, like, I don't know, was it seven touchdowns in five games or what exactly the number was, but he had an, a massive amount of touchdowns, low yards per carry in the two-point-something range, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm remembering that right. Yeah. I think I'm remembering that right. Um I think he's going to be potential trap, but also a good value if people forget about him. If people don't want to buy into him, then he'll be a good value. If people are going to draft him as a running back too, I think they could be in some trouble. I don't think he'll necessarily uh, produce number two running back numbers in fantasy. So I, a common question for a lot of you, obviously, and you, I've already responded to hey, that. But yeah, streak again. Uh, what are your five takes or top five tight ends going into twenty twenty two? We'll leave that as the last question of the day, and then we're gonna go to speed round real quick before the show ends. We're running out of time. Uh, my rant was quite long, so I apologize for that in advance. There. Um, let's see. Top five tight ends. I'm going to say for for 2022 redraft, it's going to be Kelsey still. It's going to be potentially Andrews. Um, it's either going to be Pitts or Kittle. You know, I think Pitts could be number three. I think Kittle is too inconsistent. We don't know. But I think with, with Trey Lance, Kittle could emerge again. So Kittle at number three, Pitts at four. It wouldn't be opposed to either one of those swapping. I think Darren Waller needs to be number five. And I think that you've got like a, a race between Hawkinson, Fryermuth, and Knox for that that next spot. Maybe even Schultz, maybe Goddard. It's a good top ten uh, tight end class. You've got a lot of, of big names. Fant, I didn't even mention Fant. Fant's not even in that top ten. Higby, who got hurt, but he's not in the top ten necessarily. It's Goddard at ten, Schultz at nine, and then that combination of Hawkinson, Fryermuth, Knox at that six, seven, eight spot. Waller at five, Pitts and Kittle at three, four, four, three. And Andrews and Kelsey at the one and two. 
Um, that's kind of how I feel about that. Now we're going to speed round. Let's go. It is time for the speed question and answer segment. Ask your questions as fast as you can in the chat. I will do speed round. If you type a paragraph, I will not read it. I can only go with quick questions. So if you have like three lines of whatever, I'm, I'm skipping it. Okay, so speed round, go fast questions. Fant, top six, top six with Rogers. I definitely, definitely feel like that's potential. Uh, Rogers is staying. Adam, rewatch. You're, you've got a, you've got a, a Packers uh, avatar, bro. It's pretty clear why you're saying that. Aaron Rodgers is gone, but I still appreciate you, Adam. Bro fist, you're my dude. But you're wrong. Um, I want Pitts to actually play tight end against linebackers, not the number one corner. Elijah Moore or Judy? Give me Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is a baller. Judy has to prove he can stay healthy. Now, if Aaron Rodgers lands in Denver, then you have a potential situation where I'm, I'm talking about Judy maybe more than, than, than Moore. So we'll see. Quarterbacks obviously dependent uh, or, or, or manipulates the... The, the answer here. So uh, for now, it's Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore for now. Hit me. Fast questions. Go. It has to be quick. Trade Chubb for DK and Odell and Dynasty. Uh, I probably... If you can win now, you might want to roll with Chubb, but I believe Chubb could have one year left before we start worrying about him, and he could even have that year. I'm not saying I'm avoiding him yet, but I'm very, very cautious about drafting Chubb in 2022. I think he has this one potential year, but potential risk of getting hurt um so dk at least will he's just still still getting started he's still young so i want to say dk but depends on if you can win now thoughts on etn i like etn a lot look jk dobbins suffered the bigger injury the acl tear i think etn could come back and have a real real nice uh, uh bounce back season sophomore year I like him a lot. Just make sure you're not overdrafting him. Just make sure you're not taking him way too high. Where are you drafting Jordan Love? Who is Jordan Love, Jacob? Why would I draft a guy named Jordan Love? No, not drafting him at all. I don't care. I'm not drafting him at all. There's no point in a draft where I'm drafting Jordan Love. Period. Period. But I appreciate you. Brofist, Jacob. Kenny. Bobby Tunyon. What about him? I mean, I, I like him, but he's got, you know... No, no quarterback potentially throwing to him, so say la vie. CJ, I think I would have been PPR sleeper if Robinson didn't tear his ACL. I think he would have been. Who are you talking about, Adam? Redraft number one QB. It's Josh Allen, the same QB it was for me last year. Now everybody loves Josh Allen. He was my number one QB in 2021. When are you doing auction draft rankings? Um, if you go to sleeperu.com, my rankings are auction and regular. 365, broski. Where where do you go? Where do you go? Where do you go? Want bold year-round rankings, trade calculators, and bold predictions? Get on over to sleeperu.com. Constantly updated, 365, 24-7, Dynasty, Redraft, Super Rookie, Rookie Only, Top 200, Auction, Dollars Attached to the Ranking, and everything. Year-round, baby. Year-round. That's where you find them. Breakout wide receiver next season. I mean, it's easy to say I'm on Raw St. Brown, but a lot of people feel that's going to be the case. But Elijah Moore, a lot of people like him as well. That could be the case there as well. Um, I think, uh, I'll have to dig a little deep. A lot of these guys will be like rejuvenated bounce backs. Like even McLaurin commander, the commander, the main commander McLaurin could be a top six to 10 wide receiver. If he just gets a quarterback and now you can trade for him at value that doesn't consider that the risk is all baked in completely baked in last question. Um, number one redraft NFL rookie draft running back. That was a, a mouthful. I mean, right now it's Kenneth Walker, but but I like Brees Hall a lot. I like Rashad White a lot. It depends on landing spots, but right now you got to go Kenneth Walker, man. He's loaded. He's ready. He looks like a beast. 
Um, people say this draft class is weak, but I, I, I beg to differ. I think there are always talents hiding around. Random topic time. So I just want to say thank you again for helping this channel grow. You guys are the people. You are the channel. You are my people, and I appreciate every one of you. Um, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get crazy up in this mug in 2022, and we're gonna bring the content like crazy. We we are one of the only Monday through Friday fantasy shows at a set time. On top of all the other content I do, but I wanted to first tell you guys the the main the main thing I wanted to tell you here in this random uh, topic was to go follow the new channel. The new channel. I'm gonna drop it in the live stream right now. I would like you to all follow the new channel. I'm going to look and make sure the numbers are going up. They're literally, I'm going to pin this link right now. I'm going to pin this link right now. Pin link. It is pinned. There are f about 50, depending on the platforms, I guess we're looking at like si about 70 people across all platforms, 50 on YouTube alone. So I dropped a link in YouTube. I want to see 50 subscriptions right now. We have 173 subscribers on the brand new Dynasty Clip channel. What is the Dynasty Clip channel, Smitty? Well, it's this right here. Let me take a screenshot of it and show you. It is nothing but short form Dynasty Clips. Okay, it, it, we, we called it the Clip Channel at first, and I've, I've since turned it into the Dynasty Clip Channel. The link is pinned in the YouTube chat, the live YouTube chat right now. You can also get to it if you're watching the replay. I'll put the link in the comments and in the description, and I'll pin the comment saying, here's the link to the new Dynasty Clip channel. But you can also go to smitty1.com at any time. Go there now. I'm going to refresh. There are literally 50 of you in here. There should be, we should go from 170 to in the 220s immediately. I'm going to keep refreshing. I'm going to keep refreshing. I'm looking for my people to support the new Dynasty Clip channel. It doesn't mean I'm taking away anything from the dynasty content on the big channel these are short short form dynasty clips that a lot of times have original content tied to them though so what i might do is take a redraft clip about adams and say hey this is where adams goes and then i didn't talk about dynasty and i should have i'll clip that i'll put it on the clip channel and i'll wrap it in content and say look here's what i say about Devonte adams and redraft and at the end at the end, I'm going to talk about what I didn't talk about, which is the Dynasty side. And then the whole clip is just original content mixed with a clip from the channel. It's, the design of a clips channel is to take content from the main channel and grab clips of it so that people don't have to dive through an entire two-hour live stream. I do hour and two-hour and three-hour live streams. A lot of content goes unseen by people that can't watch a three-hour clip. So that's the whole design of this, but I'm wrapping it in original content. And let me just see, let me see how many of you 50 people in this YouTube live are subbing up. Okay, a couple of you. We, we could use a few more. I've linked it in the description or in the chat. So hit it, please. And you can go to smitty, uh, smitty1.com. Chandler already subscribed. Blake says no one grinds like Smitty. I appreciate that in all the ways that, that you meant it, Blake. Appreciate you, pal. Spiller, I like Spiller a lot. Spiller has some good upside for rookies. Smitty, drop suit for one episode. Put on a suit for one episode. Maybe, bro. We we do it. We do it our own way here. We got the skeleton already sub. Appreciate you. Let's let's refresh this bad boy. Who's who's subscribing? Okay, the numbers are rising. The numbers are rising. That's a wrap, people. Time to get burrowed. Thank you all for joining me during this lovely episode Thursday edition of the Fantasy Football Show live. And uh, we are Monday through Friday. Know that. Know that. Appreciate all of you being in here. Appreciate you, Blake. Blake says I helped him win his championship. Appreciate that, Blake. Like the video. Help the show. And also, make sure you subscribe if you're new. Like if you're new or not new. Um... But also, I wanted to say to you, please, 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 please leave a comment and let me help you. Allow me to help you. Allow me to talk to you in the chat because once the video ends, there are zero comments. And your man Smitty, your man Smitty will answer your questions for the next 12 to 24 hours. Every single one of you, 99% chance, 
that I'll answer every one of your questions that you post in the next 12 to 24 hours. I appreciate every single one of you. You are my people. This is the Fantasy Football Show, Monday through Friday. And it's been an honor um, coming back. Oh, man, I, I was so sick yesterday. I feel okay. I feel okay. I'm still definitely under the weather. Uh, but it's my honor to be here with you every single day, whether I'm sick or not. Your man Smitty ain't ain't leaving. I come to work every day. It's throat punching season. Chase is wide receiver. One. One. Tell your grandma. Joe Burrow. Tell your mom. Tell Bob. From accounting. Tell your grandma. One, Javante season. It's throat-punching season. It's throat-punching. It's throat-punching. It's throat-punching season. Receiver. One.